0: Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Mike Sakopoulos and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership.
1: Today's Sound Practice episode is Combating the Challenges of Clinical Documentation with Artificial Intelligence. As value based care gains traction across the healthcare landscape, clinical documentation will continue to be subject to intense scrutiny from internal and external shareholders. Yet, healthcare organizations must take care not to exacerbate the cognitive overload and administrative burdens that plague clinicians today. Join Robert Budman, MD and CMIO at Nuance Communications as he discusses the role of AI-based computer-assisted physician documentation technology In enhancing the accuracy of documentation and easing burdens on clinicians. Drive better outcomes across the continuum of care with Nuance's portfolio of computer assisted physician documentation solutions, backed by artificial intelligence for healthcare. Delivered in a streamlined workflow, Nuance's proven, evidence based guidance enables providers to capture complete and accurate documentation at the point of care so they can spend more time with patients. To learn more, go to www.nuance.com slash CAPD. My guest today is Dr. Robert Budman. He is the Chief Medical Information Officer for Nuance. Dr. Budman is board certified in family medicine and informatics. His work focuses upon efficiency, safety, and quality initiatives with global experience in multi-EHR and service line care delivery. In his role at Nuance, Dr. Budman primarily supports the computer-assisted physician documentation product line, and he speaks extensively on healthcare IT issues. Dr. Robert Pubman, welcome to Sound Practice.
2: Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
1: Sir, the quality of clinical documentation is obviously an important factor in driving appropriate revenue for services provided. But beyond that, can you talk about how it impacts other facets of healthcare organizations and why, importantly, uh, should physicians care about this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If your documentation doesn't clearly delineate what your patient's diagnoses and problems are and what your medical decision-making and interventions are for that, you're not doing your organization or yourself a good favor as a, a provider of medical care. So when we say quality of clinical documentation, it directly relates to actual metrics of quality. For example, things that would lead to a proper DRG assignment, which is the diagnosis-related group that helps organizations get paid for the care they deliver. Also, it's important for the appropriate clinical scenario to be documented. What does that mean? It means the diagnoses that a patient not only suffers with, but is being treated for, have to be notated within the chart. So if I say the patient has diabetes, but they've really got... Diabetes and heart disease and kidney disease, it's a completely different picture in the electronic health record, for example. The other thing that's really important is what we call clinical documentation improvement. And that is a function of generally the mid revenue cycle of a hospital to say, am I getting appropriately paid for the care being delivered based on what the patient's medical problems are? And CDI tries to review as many charts as they can to find uh, errors, inconsistencies, uh, missing information, or things that don't make sense based on the findings within the chart, like the evidence. And the, these CDI teams use what we call uh, clinical documentation specialists to review those notes and send what we call queries or questions to the doctors. Is, is this what you're trying to say? or? Is this what this means? Can you please put it into the record if it's appropriate? So to answer the question really directly, the quality of documentation is exceedingly important to not only properly uh, coding and billing for cases, but for clearly stating what a patient's medical problems are.
1: Excellent. In your biography, um, I use the term computer-assisted physician documentation. Can you tell us what CAPD is and how it is helping to improve documentation and achieve better outcomes?
2: Sure, Ken. So remember, uh, as I like to joke, we went from paper to plastic here in the last couple of decades. And sure, we did a great job back in the old days of caring for patients early. So we thought scribbling on paper, uh, you know, papyrus and and a, and a reed pen <laughs> And then eventually to, you know, ballpoint pen and paper and sticking them in a chart. But when the EHR came along, it was the promise of saying there's lots of data here and we can use the computer to act upon that data. We can read across it faster. And obviously, we don't have to struggle with the scribble of physicians' handwriting that people have uh, joked about for eons, it seems. So now with computer assisted physician documentation, We can read across all those notes literally in a millisecond and draw conclusions or strategies based on the findings. Like if a patient has shortness of breath and needs supplemental oxygen and their O2 is low and their chest x-ray shows their lungs are in bad shape, maybe they have acute respiratory failure or pneumonia and we can ask questions about it depending on what all the sum of findings are. So computerized assisted physician documentation Is taking essentially patients with one or two diagnoses and saying, hey, they really have got three, four, or five. Because obviously, a patient with five or eight diagnoses that are active is probably a lot sicker patient than one with one or two. And you have to get paid appropriately and properly show the quality challenges or metrics that you're taking care of that patient for, like things like observed to expected mortality or their geometric length of stay. And that has to be supported by the documentation. So CAPD, this computer-assisted physician documentation, is there as an assistive tool to be supportive, to make us better at what we do in documentation.
1: Let's talk about your position as a physician. Can you share your experience with the use of CAPD?
2: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was a family doc, but I worked in the ED, I worked inpatient, uh, I saw hospitalist, you know, type patients on my rounds. So I've done it on the provider side and now on the vendor side for uh, many years. I have a unique perspective of CAPD. Uh, Obviously, one of the things we didn't talk about in the past, I was a CDIP or a clinical documentation improvement practitioner or professional, which means... I know about these concepts of looking for uh, evidence within the chart and, you know, what adds up to a certain diagnosis or inac- inaccuracy that needs to be uh, given for additional perspective from a licensed practitioner who reviews those queries that come from a CDI professional. And during the implementation of the electronic health records here, since meaningful use, of course, and the Uh, the ERA Act in the late 2000s. Now, the computing power really lets us look through these notes in a millisecond, like I mentioned before, where I can find an amalgam of evidence and say, hey, what you said was acute pneumonia, but it might really be sepsis. And those sorts of scenarios where I could go back and ask a physician to review the evidence use their clinical judgment based on the findings and say, what does this patient really have? Because again, it's going to change those quality indicators. It could change that DRG assignment. And it's really important. And if I was to give you one unique perspective, this is a anecdote I give all the time in my talks, is a patient came into the emergency department with an acute pulmonary embolism, a blood clot in the lungs. It was two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, They transferred the patient to the ICU. The uh, critical care doctor picked up the patient, of course, did anticoagulation, intubation, oxygen supplementation, saved the patient's life. Well, the next morning, the doctor said, can you show me how these computer-assisted tools work? And I said, click this button right here. And literally within a split second, it popped up an alert. And it said, this patient has these following points of evidence. Do you think the patient has acute respiratory failure? You know, here's an intensive care physician, and I simply said, "Is that the case?" He goes, "You know, it's two or three o'clock in the morning. I'm concentrating on, on taking care of the patient immediately." But yeah, the patient was hypoxic, struggling to breathe, uh, had lung damage, of course, and had supplemental oxygen and intubation. It is acute respiratory failure. Why is that important? The computer found a deficiency or a possible finding, and the physician was able to do it in in real time at the point of care, which literally took 30 seconds, and added it to the documentation. We call those major comorbid conditions or secondary diagnoses. Had he not put that in the record, it would have had to fall to another team for review. It may have taken a lot of time. That doctor may have been off service. Now the computer let him do it in real time, and it resolved the issue.
1: That's exceptional, Dr. Budman. Certainly, you'd agree with me that physicians are already burdened with lots of administrative tasks and, and documentation challenges. What What I'm interested in is how does CAPD impact the day to day practice of of medicine, and can you talk about the impact on workflow?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mentioned. This last anecdotal story I gave you about the ICU doc. Think about the doctor who works a twelve-hour shift, could be at the end of a four or five-day assignment, and doesn't come back for a week. Who's going to absorb their work? What, what if they get a retrospective review of the record in forty-eight hours? Someone else has to pick it up and go back and and review the chart. So when you talk about administrative burden and you know tying up a busy physician's time. That's one of the biggies. So if we can do things in real time, when you're actually thinking about the patient, you're in the chart doing it, that's huge. We mentioned uh, better quality by getting into the record and, and near real time, getting those appropriate assignments of comorbid conditions or G, DRGs. And it's really important to uh, some very significant quality indicator boosts, like I mentioned, Observed to expected mortality rates, ratios, and geometric length of stay. So, yeah, you know, the administrative burden of medicine is huge. We have regulatory reasons from CMS or from other payers. We've got uh, compliance and legal issues of what we want to document. We've got billing issues. How long did I spend with the patient? How complex was the care? What was my medical decision making? So, if I can. Get something to a physician in real time at the point of care that's easy to consume and act upon. That's really a huge win for these docs because, you know, we hear about burnout, of course, all the time. And these docs can't be hopping around, going back later in the day and researching things because somebody asked. We want to just try to make it as simple and straightforward as possible.
1: Makes good sense to me. Now, you mentioned in one of your answers that you were a, uh, you did clinical uh, documentation specialist and assisted others. And I'm interested because I know that there are organizations that have teams that, that do provide that service. Would they still need CAPD in that case? And if so, why or why not?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I've worked with uh, many hospital organizations, dozens and dozens uh, they generally all have some sort of clinical documentation improvement team. They're highly trained. The challenge, however, is—and I joke—you know, for a large hospital system on a Monday morning, there could literally be thousands of charts that have to be reviewed, and it's already forty-eight or seventy-two hours in arrears from Friday, the you know the week before. So they have a lot on their plate too. So the idea of using CAPD to save a little time now. Assist the entire organization, particularly as I like to joke, is where's the CDI team from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. the next day? Where are they from Friday night to Monday morning? So these are assistive tools, they're not replacement tools. They're trying to alleviate the burden of all those tasks. Uh, Again, trying to avoid the disruption and workflow, uh, getting a little bit off everyone's plate in real time and trying to avoid alert fatigue by you know making sure that the things that we do present in CAPD have high value. You know, I'm not going to ask you about toe jam, but I might ask you about congestive heart failure if it's an acute, you know, really decompensated condition. So we want to make it relevant and important as well.
1: So I imagine you've you've heard this this concern. Medicine's dynamic Standards are changing all the time. Um, how how do we trust CAPD to be accurate and up to date with with current standards?
2: So one of the really key things, and I did this particularly when I was on the provider side, but now also being proud of working with a, a high efficiency expert team on the vendor side as well, is collaborate with your your vendor understand who's on those teams you know what's their depth of expertise you know is it someone who's just programming it because they were given a handful of papers or do they have a team of true CDI experts physician informatics experts UI experts etc to really develop a, a, a sound solution and continue to take feedback and modify it and improve it I think that's really important. And uh, I always talk about that in in my role now is I really have tremendous uh, admiration and trust for the team. You know, these are not uh, one trick pony shows. They really require a lot of depth and talent. And that's what we want to give to our customers, our clients, our collaborators.
1: Fair enough. How does CAPD impact decision making with actionable analytics and reporting?
2: Yeah um I do want to add one quick thing to the last answer uh, oh please is um in terms of current standards what we do is generally speaking on a quarterly basis and of course sometimes when cms or other payers change on an annual basis is we're continually updating our standards in the cloud where we host our our tools you know our neural networks that the artificial intelligence that powers these CAPD tools so that they're always as up-to-date as possible. It's really pretty impressive. Uh, To your other point about uh, impacting decision-making with actual analytics and reporting is we do several things. One is the tool itself has controls within it, so we know where people are opening windows, clicking on things, resolving things. And we also have the ability to read through the notes to see if the documentation has been changed so that we can do things like, what were the diagnoses that were proposed? Which ones are showing the highest precision? Which physicians are actually uh, reading the notes and answering them, resolving the queries that are coming through CAPD? So you get a really robust set of analytics that can become actionable from a leadership and management standpoint. Oh, maybe we're doing really good with diabetes, let's shift our efforts to congestive heart failure, for example. Or Dr. A is performing at the 80% level, that's fantastic, but Dr. Z is down at you know the 15% level. What intervention can we make or find out why he or she is not being successful with a CAPD tool? So uh, analytics and reporting is so crucial to driving a program. You know, if you if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So it's really important to have uh, not just the solution, but the analytics that go along with it to drive your success. Uh, ultimately, tools like this really require uh, what we call change management, is the ability to leadership to discuss the what, why, and how, communicate that out, and put programs into position to support their organization's efforts to use these tools to the best possible outcomes.
1: Well, certainly at times, medicine can be um, a little bit lonely to practice. And it seems to me that CAPD could uh, be an electronic uh, collaborator for physicians who um, are are seeing patients in a positive way for everyone. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. You know, we know that the digital wave is here to stay. Uh, we know that artificial intelligence is going to continue to grow and improve. Everybody wants to uh, be innovative, uh, particularly in healthcare, because the margins are are tight, and we want to make sure we're also doing great clinical care as well. Uh, I heard a great quote uh, at a conference I was at a couple of weeks ago from a physician: "Is artificial intelligence won't replace physicians." But physicians who use artificial intelligence will replace physicians who don't use it. And it's really a great little quote. I wish I knew who to ascribe it to, but I'm going to continue to use it because it makes sense.
1: I I think it's hard to beat that. We're going to let that be uh, the last word from Dr. Robert Budman, the chief medical information officer uh, for Nuance. Dr. Budman, thank you so much for your time and being on Sound Practice.
2: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you to Dr. Robert Budman, the Chief Medical Information Officer for Nuance Communications for this interview today. Thank you also to the American Association for Physician Leadership for making this podcast possible. Please join me next time on Sound Practice. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. Drive better outcomes across the continuum of care with Nuance's portfolio of computer-assisted physician documentation solutions backed by artificial intelligence for healthcare. Delivered in a streamlined workflow, Nuance's proven evidence-based guidance enables providers to capture complete and accurate documentation at the point of care so they can spend more time with patients. To learn more, go to www.nuance.com slash CAPD. You've been listening to
0: Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org.